people is most people have no idea what they want their life to look like in five years, 10 years, one year. And then from there say, okay, how do I get there? How do I reverse engineer that? What do I need to do this week, this month, whatever to get there? Who do I need to become? Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's Will Work for Podcast. Welcome back. Off to a great start as always, and I am Daniel Thornton. As with me, and then with me, finally, after last week, he's back, baby. It's oh, uh, Brendan Bolin. I thought you were going to say my name. Hi. Well, I wasn't going to say your name. That's the dynamic. I say my name, you say your name. But uh, yeah, we're we're back in action, dude. I have a perfect story for this podcast. Okay, sure. So remember, I told you last weekend about or about my my buddy brad that's interviewing that was going to do their second interview okay yeah got the call back yeah and this actually goes perfectly into our last interview with uh ediana you know how she was talking about how this is a job seekers market yeah so to negotiate if you have demands yeah right negotiate if you have demands and it's you know it's all about the job seekers now and i want to believe that so badly but this story just is about a kick in the balls that is just you know it just it makes you think that that's not true because oh wait 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 so so when we started I thought we were about to talk like an uplifting empowerment story but no 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 we're going to talk about how the man is still present oh no the man is still on the necks of the people that's that's what we're about to talk about so essentially what happens is Brad has his second interview right they ask him to do an assignment which is already you know my thoughts on this it's already really messed up I hate when companies ask you to do assignments. It's something that is practical to what they were going to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, whatever, you know, you do it. They give you also a limited time frame after being dragged for several weeks. And so all that happens and they're like, hey, great. We're going to get back to you soon and whatever. So time passes. And then this week they call him. And say, uh, they actually emailed him, but they email him and say, hey, you know what? We, we're getting a new CEO and we might have to like pause this process, even possibly rewind this process. So there's a new CEO coming on board, but then Brad finds out that the CEO isn't coming on board until December. Mm. So essentially at this point, what is this? It's unprofessional at the very least. To say, oh, we need to pause this and possibly rewind because rewind is even more unprofessional. Well, I'm going to I'm going to push you a little bit like it's 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 unfortunate. It's not unprofessional. And basically what this group is doing is like they're getting new leadership. Right. So they need to be, make sure that whoever that comes on matches with the vibe of this person, because otherwise that in itself could be, you you know, we keep hearing from recruiters and other places that the biggest risk is bringing on new people to a team, right? I think it's a little unprofessional. I, I'm sorry, I just do. It just doesn't, it's A, saying, I don't believe in my hiring team. The, the the company that I'm coming on, I don't believe in the hiring team to have the ability to hire the correct person for this job. And B, like there is one thing to say, hey, we're going to pause this process and say, when this CEO, you're going to need to meet this CEO and they're going to need to make the determining factor. I'm okay with that. I completely understand that kind of vision, but saying 
we might need to start all of this over in order to ha- for this to happen seems just unprofessional. You could never say that to somebody who's like, can you say that in a job when you're doing a project? I think we're going to need to start this project over because I just don't, I don't feel this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think that's the brutal part about hiring. You know, one of the things that you and I don't have is that kind of experience, but everything that I've heard from people that are in those roles, that's like the number one thing that they talk about is the person that they misplaced. And the and the easiest way to prevent those things is to do the effort beforehand. So I think it, you know, like it's it's just a you are right in the fact that we now have two different perspectives. The management side, which is really trying to make sure that they get the right fit. And then the personal labor side, which is like, this feels extractive to me and my efforts that I've put in. And also, it's one of those things where you've got a pool of candidates, you know, who's been waiting. And if even if one of those people are going to be the person that you ultimately choose, are they going to wait three months for this process to like finish? Yeah, but you can you can always you can always pull it. You can always pull it. You can always go for a new pool, right? The the thing that you can't do is offer someone a position and then immediately terminate them unless there's a clause in the contract, which like <laughs> we can get into that too. But yeah, I mean, I suppose, I guess that's true. I just, I don't know. You say that, but then we have this, we, we, like Ediana said, this is a job seekers market. So are you going to be able to retain top talent if this is how you're going to run this? Does Brad have an opinion about how they feel about this position? Brad is employed, so it's fine. It's basically saying move on from this position. Yeah, it's a passive role right now because what I mean, you're basically you're basically um, paused at this particular point. So if any of you out there have these ridiculous stories and want to send it to us at will work for podcast at gmail.com, that's will work the number four podcast at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to read them and read them on the air. Uh, And also we're at the Twitter, you know, uh, LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, all the things just message us. And we'd be more than happy to commiserate with you on either your good things or your bad things, whatever it may happen. But we'd, we'd love to hear from you out there. And I suppose on with the show. Hey y'all, we're joined here today by Bradley Roth. Bradley has a background in digital marketing and has recently kind of pivoted more into the entrepreneurial space and, and coaching. So he runs a podcast called Not Most People. Y'all can check out. And, and through that brand, just kind of launched a course about how to launch your own podcast, if that's something that interests you. But mainly, he's kind of looking at how to support leaders. And um, in that in specific, how to help them have healthier boundaries between their life at work and their relationships at home. And just kind of what that can look like, uh, a reimagining of sorts of these professional lives that that we've come to question, I think, in recent times. So, Bradley, thank you for being on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So one of the themes that we're really digging into this season, especially, is on this idea of of not just pivoting, but I think like redefining oneself and their professional roles. And so I'd be curious to hear a little bit about your own life story in terms of like what brought you to this space. Yeah, it's... A very indirect path, I guess you could say. Uh, I've had my fair share of pivots. Uh, initially, my background coming out of college and then for several years after was actually in the fitness industry. So I got a degree in strength and conditioning uh, out in Connecticut and then 
jumped into group training and personal training one-on-one for, I did that actually for about five years post-college and growing up entrepreneurship, not even on my radar, didn't even know what that was. The only thing I knew growing up was that I didn't want to sit at a desk all day and work a nine to five. Other than that, I didn't really know. When I got to college, I said, well, I like working out. I like exercising. I grew up an athlete. That was kind of how I defined myself most of my life. And then I decided I'll jump into that. This, this seems cool. And I did. And it was, it was awesome, uh, for a while, but the gym that I was at didn't really have a lot of turnover like a lot of gyms do. So even after five years when I left, I was still the newest coach on staff, which is almost unheard of for kind of a smaller CrossFit type gym. And so during that time, I started looking at other things outside of kind of training. And I got into network marketing for a little bit, like a lot of people. And then realized that's probably not the long-term solution for me. Also got my realtor's license, did real estate for a couple of years. That was also not for me, mainly because I realized that I wanted to travel. I wanted to live different places. So trying these different things. And then my fiance, she was my girlfriend at the time, but she's a nurse. And so we said, let's try the travel nursing thing. And she had her thing set right as a travel nurse, but I needed to figure out something that was a little bit more location independent. You know, during network marketing and real estate, I kind of had to start to develop some of these other skill sets that I was severely lacking in when it comes to time management, sales, marketing, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so when I started to get into that and learn some of that because I had to, that kind of led to me discovering entrepreneurship and having your own business. And I'd built some Instagram pages up just kind of for fun on the side. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to go into social media marketing for local businesses. And so I did that. I'd never, never been in a real business, never had any experience, didn't have a mentor, didn't have any backup plan, didn't have any savings. So I really just kind of jumped straight off the deep end. And I think part of that is because I was like way overly optimistic about how easy I thought it was to run a business. You know, as I was doing this and I'm kind of struggling, struggling along at times. I, I still kind of had this feeling in my head that this isn't what I'm excited to do each day. Like this isn't what I'm meant for quote unquote. And I stuck with it for a long time because I, you know, the sunk cost fallacy, I didn't want to switch gears because I felt like I had to see it through or I was a failure and that sort of thing. But during this whole time, I developed like an intense interest in personal development. So I'm reading books, I'm learning about myself, I'm learning about how people think, how they operate. And so I kind of knew maybe a year or two ago, for sure, that where I wanted to be long-term was more in like the coaching space. So for a while, I said, you know what, I'm going to see this marketing business through to when it gets successful, and then I'm going to sell it, and then I'm going to go into coaching and stuff I want to do, which really just led to a lot of fatigue because I found that that work kind of drained me. And I eventually, I got into this mastermind group, like entrepreneur mastermind group. And I found that, you know, a lot of people in there had podcasts and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that a lot of 
people like me who aren't celebrities, who don't have massive followings, are podcasting. So that kind of got me thinking, and then I went on a couple as a guest. The first one didn't go so great, but the second one went really well. And and right after that episode, I said, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. I launched that back in March, and quickly it became a pretty big part of my life in terms of I found myself spending more and more time on it. I was getting more positive feedback from that than I had from my marketing business, you know, in a much longer period of time. And so I, it almost kind of started giving me energy and naturally pulling me away from, you know, the marketing business, which I finally, because of the success of the podcast, I finally listened to my gut and said, you know what, this is what I love. I love kind of changing how people think and sharing ideas and that sort of thing, helping people improve their lives. And so I'm going to stop listening to my logical brain and trust my gut and switch into coaching sooner rather than later. You know, let, let's slow that down a little bit because I think you you covered a lot of territory and I think a lot of time as well, right? So so like if we're if we're talking about like some of these moves that you made, right? It, you know, the, the the first professional career you had when it came to the fitness piece that that made a lot more sense in terms of you were saying who you are. But then how how is it that you found yourself in real estate hmm. and then suddenly in, the, in this other space? And I guess really the question is what kept inspiring you to transition and like how are you making those choices and what how, how does that connect to kind of who you are like these are i feel like steps along the way that's led you to to this place but then what what was the the thread there that you were finding yeah it was a couple things i guess so one was being kind of stubborn in that i don't know almost maybe i don't want to say too proud but where i kind of refused, like I was in working at the gym and it was very, you know, you're in a gym, you go to work in your shorts and a t-shirt and you hang out with people before and after classes. It's very like, there's some structure like during the class, but otherwise it's a pretty awesome job. And so I don't want I don't know if maybe I got a little bit spoiled with that, but again, I also had this idea that like, I can't work a nine to five desk job. And so I was looking for these other things that were kind of like not fully entrepreneurial, but I had control over my time and my schedule and that sort of thing. Uh, because I've always valued that very highly. I've always valued kind of freedom over money, even though obviously they go hand in hand, but I was looking into these other things. I said, Oh, well, real estate, cause I didn't ha- at the time I didn't have any skills outside of fitness and training people. And so I got into real estate because you know, partly I got promised the world, you know, oh, you go get your license and you'll be making a bunch of money real quick. I was a little naive and I said, okay, awesome. And so I went and did that. And so I was kind of trying to find these things that I could do that fit into like my, my vision of kind of how I wanted my life to be or, or structured. Which was mostly about like kind of people facing and then a lot of self-direction in terms of how and you spend your time and what you end up doing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize at the time, I, like I didn't have the self-awareness that I have now about how much I like to interact with people uh, for, you know, I was always a little bit of an introvert maybe. Um, but that, and then curiosity, like each new thing I got into and trying all these different things, each one required me to learn a new or different skill set. And as I got into all these different things and started learning my personal development, like sped up exponentially. 
And then I developed more of an interest in that. And then that led to, you know, the more curious you are and the more different topics you find, like one thing leads to another, you know, five, six years ago, I was a one dimensional, like fitness training athlete. Like that's who I was. I didn't really have any other skills or interests. And now I'm like, I'm interested in everything. <laughs> you know, I feel like I can hold a conversation with anyone about almost any topic. So like just the amount that I've kind of dug into that, you know, has, has changed me completely as a person to where now I can say pretty confidently that I feel like I'm one of the more well-rounded people I know. So you mentioned a few times in that, that reflection, the concept around failure and fear. And I'm just curious, like how have those things played into this process? You know, I, I always had this mentality too that like, you know what, I'm in my twenties, I'm young. This is the time to, kind of experiment and try things out. And if you fail, like, you know, you don't have kids and a mortgage and all that kind of stuff to worry about just yet. And so like, if you're going to go for it, like, like it's only going to get harder the longer you wait. And so that was always kind of motivating me and pushing me to jump out and try these different things. But I think I've also been afraid of, you know, for a while I considered pivoting to be a failure you know, and I know I've heard a million times that most entrepreneurs have a bunch of failures before they really strike gold. But, you know, I was stubborn. I think it was a little bit of like, oh, you know, I can't let people see me as a failure if I switch businesses or do something different or whatever. And so I think that held me back at times too. It's always this like weird walking the razor's edge between taking too much risk and then playing it too safe. So I'm still, still learning to navigate that. I mean, I think all of us are in terms of a even even so many of the guests and and even my partner and I who you know we both have full-time roles and then are, we're doing this and trying to figure out how and where to build it it's that it's that balance between what piece of yourself are you growing into I think right yeah in terms of like as you've evolved and you've gotten to this place like what what's been kind of the greatest professional support during this process like what what have you really found has been the thing in your toolkit that has either given you like resilience or kind of just been a good resource? Like what, what is it that you keep coming back to? I would say two things and they're not anything that anyone's probably not heard before, but basically, like I said, a personal development, reading books, learning about yourself, becoming mentally tough, disciplined, understanding your weak points, understanding your strengths. So, you know, having been in control of my time over these last several years. Uh, I've spent a lot more time than probably the average person working on those things. Um, and I've, I've noticed a big return on that. And then secondly, uh, the people you surround yourself with. So I know in the beginning, when I first got into entrepreneurship, I didn't really know any other entrepreneurs. So it was very, you know, it was very lonely. It's always going to be kind of lonely, but now I have this massive network because I've gone out and I've gotten into different groups and masterminds and networked and stuff like that. And now I have like so many people I can lean on and turn to for every little thing. And so those are the two things that I think without those, <laughs> I don't even like to think about kind of where I would be, you know? Yeah. Can you speak more to that? This kind of training group that you did, what, what, like, speak more to like what that provided you. I've been in a few different ones. The first one I got into was like this small business kind of accelerator thing that I stumbled across that was put on by like the Better Business Bureau. And that was 
uh, over a year ago, year and a half ago, actually. So I got into that and that was, we met every week. And so I got to know some other small business owners and entrepreneurs like locally, especially cause like we had moved out across the country to Arizona two and a half years ago and didn't know a single person out here. And so it's kind of been like starting over and, and meeting new people and building a new circle. And so getting into that group, I got to finally like know some other small business owners and I saw the power of that group because again, I work at home and for the most part, it's just me in front of my computer, <laughs> which again, I know I kind of said earlier, I didn't want to work a desk job and I found myself working at a desk a lot, but it's kind of interesting how that goes. But anyways, I got into that group and I saw the power of that. And there was a guy, uh, Andy Frisella, he has a big podcast and he started, he's a big time entrepreneur and he started his own uh, group with another guy called the RTA Syndicate. And when they first started it, it was like a $60,000 a year, small group, like you had to be doing a million plus type deal. And so I, you know, I put that on my three to five year vision board or whatever. And then they changed the structure and they made it kind of more accessible to where it was, you know, you still had to apply. You still had to get accepted. It was a smaller group. It was still uh, a decent financial commitment each month, but I said, I got to get around these kinds of people who are going to help me level up. And so I jumped into that. It's been just over a year now and it definitely was a stretch financially to get in there, but I can't imagine not being in there now. Like the people I know, like I feel blessed because a lot of people who want to go out on their own, they're like, well, my friends, my family, like no one supports me. They don't get it. They think differently. And now I like, I have, you know, a couple thousand people in this group that are pushing me to be better. They're all entrepreneurial. They're all like their fitness is on point. They're like, everyone's pushing to like be better and better. And take things to the next level. And so like that gives me people to chase and lean on. So the power of that, like creating that circle and it's so, it's so possible to do now with all these different, you know, everything's online. So it's more accessible than ever to go and find that circle, especially if you're like, you know, I want to do these things, but other people tell me I'm crazy leaving my job or I'm crazy starting this and that sort of thing. Like you need to get around people who are going to, you know, obviously don't make you reckless, but are going to empower you towards where you want to go. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot of goal setting in that as well. Like in for you, it, it, are you measuring your success based on just kind of financial growth or is it on monthly listeners, on number of clients? Like how are you kind of building that into this project? Hmm, that's a great question. The whole, like the last few months have, has been such a whirlwind that I, I probably haven't sat down and like revisited them. But I mean, definitely, you know, financial is one thing, but I find that if you can focus on like helping, like how many people can you help? Then the financial goals will take care of themselves. Whereas what I used to do is I'd make these purely financial goals and I'd think about the money, money, money. And that would kind of shift my focus to like the scarcity mindset. And I still deal with that definitely at times, but changing that focus uh, and having goals to like, you know, connect with a certain amount of people, obviously with the podcast, I'm looking at downloads, I'm looking at feedback, you know, are people getting value out of it? The course are people buying the course. Right. And, you know, also I've, I've been very careful, you know, it's, it's easy when you're in entrepreneurship and you're like around these people and you're like, go, go, go business, 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 make a lot of money to let other parts of your life slide like your health and your relationships. And so I've been very careful to make sure I'm still measure those parts. I still have health goals. I still have, like, we have relationship goals that we talk about lifestyle goals. And so 
money is one thing it's easy to measure but if you're just measuring that then you're gonna probably end up pretty miserable if you're if you're tunnel vision towards that yeah totally so if someone is sitting there and like what you're sharing is resonating like what what's the first step like how do you start to actualize this it's hard to answer in a very general sense but i would say again if you haven't been working on yourself and again i know that's like people hear that for a long time i heard that and i'm like oh, okay yeah i get it like i'm working on myself but until you like really start diving deep and becoming you know, learning your strengths or weaknesses, improving on them, finding out what you really want in life. Because I think that's a huge stumbling block for a lot of people is they don't know what they want. And so it's like, if you just start sprinting in a random direction, how do you know if you're going to end up where you want to end up? And so a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people know what they don't want, which, you know, that's a good starting point, but finding out what you want first, like getting clear because you know, if you get in the car and start driving without a destination or a map, like how do you know if you're going to get to where you want to go? So unless you have those goals, unless you have those plans and you can reverse engineer it from that, you're kind of flying blind. So that, that would be step number one, I'd say for most people is most people have no idea what they want their life to look like in five years, 10 years, one year. And then from there say, okay, how do I get there? How do I reverse engineer that? What do I need to do this week, this month, whatever? to get there? Who do I need to become? That's the number one question I would ask is who do I need to become to get this life that I want? And how do I become that person? And then start to take action towards that personal development, start reaching out uh, to other people who you feel are going to bring you closer to that person that you want to be. Again, create that circle. You don't have to cut off your friends or anything, but maybe if you're still hanging out with your high school friends, spend less time with them and go get involved at these big time players, these entrepreneurs and that sort of thing. So, and again, it depends on what your goals are. You know, if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, then maybe that's not really applicable, but get around people who are going to push you towards where you want to go and build that kind of, you can build your own support system. So get clear. Uh, I create, you know, you can do vision boards. I like to do this uh, thing called a one, five, 10 plan where you take all these different areas of your life and you create kind of a, a vision board. You write down specifically where you want to be in different areas of your life in 10 years. And then you say, okay, in five years, where do I need to be to be halfway towards that? Now, where do I need to be a year from now? And then what do I need to do monthly? So just kind of work backwards from that vision. But until you start to dive deep into yourself and what you really want out of life, it's going to be really hard. Like a lot of people haven't done that internal work. And so if you go ask them, what do you want in the future? They're like, oh man, I, I really don't know. You know, and that it's always going to evolve and change over time, but getting to know yourself and getting to know that, that vision, it's like, and get specific about it. Like what car you want to drive, what model, like where exactly you want to live, what countries do you want to travel to? How much do you want to be bringing in per month? Who do you want your friends to be? How does your ideal day look, right? All these things, you can get real granular. Then you can start to visualize it, you know, because visualization and goal setting doesn't work really well with broad generalities. So get specific, learn yourself, create that vision, and then everyone everyone's path is going to be different in terms of how they're going to get there. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's really speaking to the concept and the power of intention, mm. right? The more intention you can bring to these small moments kind of adds up and then helps create this bigger vision that you have for yourself in your life. Mm -hmm. I know that we're, we're kind of coming close to time, but I, I did want to 
people are listening to this and they're kind of resonating with kind of what you're doing and what what you're bringing, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, so I would say anything podcast related, you can go to notmostpeople.net, which actually I'm finally doing the full launch, official launch today. So uh, you can check that out. You can find the course from there, the podcast, all that stuff. And then personally, honestly, the easiest way would be just uh, on Instagram right now. So just at Bradley underscore Roth. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, Bradley, really thank, thank you for your time and for sharing your story. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This was fun. Mm-hmm.